My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty road. I feel so. Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Wednesday, December 13th in the year 2023. We had a fantastic two-hour show previous to this, and we'll post after the show tonight. And it was with Apostle Greg Davis and Pastor Devonese Ball. Just an amazing show. And just really an energized show, because it's one of these shows that I I love when I get interviews like this. I mean, I just call them conversations anymore because that's what we have, but it's so impassioned. The Holy Spirit steps in, you can feel it, it lights up, and it just brings the conversation to a whole new level. I had never met uh, Pastor or Apostle Greg or um, Davis before yesterday. 
And we interviewed, we did this recording yesterday afternoon. I had never met him. And we hit it off like we had known each other for years. And I say hit it off because you can tell in a conversation when there's a flow, it's not always natural when you're doing it doing conversations or interviews with people. Sometimes it's, it takes quite a bit of work and there's not a natural flow. But when you hit that groove and you can feel it, there's such a relaxed state of things. Things come together so well. That's all Holy Spirit. And it's really amazing. Truly blessed. And it was, uh, I'm really humbled that he came on and, and looking forward to doing some more work with him. And there is so much in that too. Um, and it's we're going to talk a bit about that tonight. I want to start real quick just to, Mention of a couple of things. We have um, time right now. We have to definitely consider the safety of our families. That's not a small thing. And we are lo- looking at constant emerging threats around our nation. Keep your skills up. Second Amendment rights are there for a reason. We aren't looking to be on the offensive, but definitely, I mean, that's these are part of our anointing as in this nation. And so keep your skills up. Getting to the range, getting ammo expensive and time-consuming for the range, so often hard to get range time these days. So there's a solution, and it's a great solution, and it's a great time of year to purchase it. It's also a great time of year to purchase it as a gift, and that's iTarget Pro. So iTarget Pro is a digital system that uses a laser bullet, uses dry fire techniques to improve your muzzle control, to improve your sight picture, and your, your trigger control. All those things you improve improves your overall gun handling and, and better targeting overall uses it ties in with your app and it registers the shots so you can actually see your scoring you can train with your pistol in the safety of your home and you can also train your family in the safety of your home all good things to do good gun practices are necessary for anything we have and the last thing you want to do is be one of those people that has their gun never uses it and then at the time when you need it you don't know what you're doing or worse you become a liability so itargetpro.com letter i targetpro.com fantastic device to have highly recommend it you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You're going to get 10% off in free shipping. And they're just, they're top notch. So check them out, itargetpro.com, 10% off and free shipping. Great time of year to get it and definitely a great product to have. We really had a good interview. I, I, I know I've said this already, but it's just one of those things I really am impressed with, with what we came out with. You know, we, we're dealing a lot in the sense of spiritual warfare. It's dealing a lot with us. We're really definitely in a different place and we're having to understand um, we will have to really consider how we fight to win. And that's a lot of what pastor or it's apostle Greg. And someone asked me in the, in the chat, like why apostle? I don't know. You have to understand me a little bit when I do interviews and when people come in with titles, unless it's something like egregious, which this is not, but I mean, titles are people. It's something that um, titles are something that I honor when people have them, and, and this is how I see titles. Titles, you can tell a lot about a person in their titles when they're not. And, and Apostle Greg does not um, claim his title. He, I use it out of respect because he has it, and I think that speaks a lot to the individual. When people put on titles, you know real quickly. So someone asked me why apostle, I don't know, but I respect the fact he had it. So I just, it's out of respect for having a conversation with somebody. And and it's just that simple. I, I, um, it's just kind of the flow of people. And I, I say that because I think sometimes we get stuck on the wrong things. 
you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know the whole upbringing he had in his formation as a pastor apostle. I don't know that, but I know that the dude has some serious anointings and he's worked with some really good people and he's has built a really nice ministry. And I'm super excited about having a bridge built there because we need it. We need to have the diversity within our ranks and diversity within the pastoral ranks to start bridging this gap we have. As he spoke it himself, this was Apostle Greg, the white and the black church need to stop having separation. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to build bridges. And that's ultimately Bard's Nation is that. We're trying to build bridges. We're trying to build the bridge between, you know, we have Bard's Nation, we have Resistance Nation, we have the Navajo Nation is coming in slowly under us, under a banner. It's not under us. It's under a common tribe, unity of tribes. And I'm hoping to bring in, through Apostle Greg and Pastor Devonese, an element of the black church to come in and be part of the body that we are all trying to walk in. And that's such a powerful place if we can, because we start to speak as a common voice in the body of Christ from the different places in which we come. Because God does not create a single voice. He doesn't create carbon copies. He does not create clones. He creates perfection in each person that he, is, he, he brings into this earth in spite of what our lunatics in the transgender movement will try to tell us. And so I think there's just a lot to say there in the beauty of what God is and what this does in the future here. And, and part of the whole thing about building the Bards Nation community and the community site is to inspire this, to try to bring people together and to bridge these differences so we're not separated and try to get the common common discussion going. Because we do see certain things differently sometimes. Sometimes we just name things differently. And But as we start to listen to one another, my goodness, the power that we gain and the excitement we gain. We gain the excitement in the word. And that's ultimately what it is. Are you following Jesus? Yes. How are you pursuing Jesus? Tell me what you see in Jesus. Let's run. That sort of thing. And I, and I just get super fired up about it. And that is so important. And especially as we're having to face the broken church, which it is a broken church. A church that emphasizes doctrine is a church that does not want to let the Holy Spirit in. When it becomes doctrine, it's not that doctrine isn't important. Let me be very clear here. I do not reject doctrine by any means. But when a, a church becomes dominated by doctrine to the point that it's killing off the voice of the Holy Spirit, then we have a problem. Because it's walking away from the anointings. It's walking away from the miracle God. It's walking away from the apostolic. It's walking away from the prophetic. It's walking away from miracle healings to heal the sick and the broken, to cast out demons and raise the dead. These are all things we need to be having. And we need to embrace them and walk in them and get excited about them. And we need to pray for them. And when we literally start to pray for them, we start to get really excited. Luke 18, 27 to 29, but he said... The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Peter said, Behold, we have left our own homes and followed you. And he said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Is that an amazing statement? We haven't left anything. We'd like to think we have because we attach to the material world. And that is so much of the way that we are in right now. And we're having to make some big choices and changes in our life in how we see things. Because we're entering into a new era. Apostle Greg referred to this as the church era. I've heard it different ways of speaking it, but I like the way he framed it. 
We're ending the church era. We're entering into kingdom era. And this is a tremendous shift in the way we see things, the way we walk, because rather than walking from the church out into the world, we're walking from kingdom into the world, which means kingdom has victory. And as we anchor ourselves in the place of the kingdom, we walk into this world as God would want to walk with us. And we rely on Holy Spirit. We rely on Jesus. And we bring this walk into the world to where all things go to, through Jesus and his name to our Father. And we start to bring truly the power of kingdom into us. And there we start to see the true miracles. The anointings start to come. And we have to change the way we see things. It's just fundamentally, we have to. Because it isn't going to be the same. Not when, we are no, not when we are no longer walking from defeat. And that's what's the problem we have so much right now, is we are so often walking from defeat. And it's, it's heavy, it's depressing, it's, it's like, you know, that's what this enemy wants. It beats us down every single day, riddles us with this depressive attack, riddles us with these burdens of things in our heart to convince us over and over that you're not worthy. I so rebuke that. And you are not worthy. And it's not something that we can accept because God doesn't sacrifice his son for the unworthy. No doubt that when we when they said, it's kind of started like this. It's kind of like, well, I'm not worthy of the greatness which you give me because I'm a sinner. Okay. But we can so reframe that, right? God shows us that you are so worthy to me, I'm willing to sacrifice my only son. And in the process, we have to say, Father, we receive that gift so immensely that we realize how much more we need to work and how much harder we need to work to be worthy of this gift. Big difference. But that's life versus death. The spirit of death always speaks to the negative. It tries to steal away anything you have, steal away your joy, steal away your opportunity to believe, steal away your hope, steal away that power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, in the end of the day, it's a joyous walk. And as we walk into that place in the power of Holy Spirit, we're raising up kingdom. And we have to have the authority and confidence when we walk into these places to know that demons and this darkness cannot, cannot defeat us. And not live in this world where we look at it right now, we get so overwhelmed. And as we look across this world and we say, oh my goodness, it's the end. The government's so big, the military's defeated. Foreign countries are taking us over. We're done. We're done. It's it. I throw up my hands and I give up. We're the children of the Most High. So ask yourself when you get, if you get there, because it's on occasion that we do get there. Ask yourself truly, like, does God think he's going to lose? And if God doesn't think he's going to lose, why would he suspect his children would lose? Seriously, because he won't, because we're standing with him and he's fighting for us. And I think that's the most powerful place we can be. I, I'm completely right now just, I'm walking in such a powerful place and enjoying every bit of this in the mightiness of the Holy Spirit and knowing that as we step into these eras and we're setting aside the negativity, breaking through this shell of framing that is, tells us all the time that you will lose, which is basically what it is. The government is against us. The, the corporations are against you. The advertising media is against you. Churches, for to a large or many churches, are not for us. Let's put it that way. The teaching institutions are against us. 
And so we struggle. And it is so amazing that we struggle with the wrong question. The question being, who are we rather than why are we here? We are here, and we, when we say, why are we here? And we look at these perspectives. We look at the burdens that are upon us, and we try to see this, and it's a variation of why are we here. Like basically, why, Lord, am I in this? Why, Lord, is this hitting me? Why am I struggling with this? Instead of saying, Father, you, we are of you. Now show us how to win. And that perspective shift changes the entire game. I mean, ask yourself honestly, in a honest question to yourself reflect on this how many times have you prayed to our father to say father you gave us victory now guide me to my guide my hands in victory in this in this dirt world Let's guide my hands to victory in this heavenly world and um, it's so important that we literally walk in that place because when we do we win because we've already won. See, the thing is, Christ gave us victory, but what we keep missing in this piece is he gave us victory and the authorities to bring that victory into this world. And when we step into that, everything changes. Everything. And we stop worrying about the little things and we start looking at the bigger issues. That's what Pastor Greg was saying, Apostle Greg was saying, is that he doesn't, he's not meddling around with some of the small intrinsic little details and nuances of stuff. He's focused on victory from kingdom. That's mighty. So as we walk with that and we, we ask for that, we ask for that blessing, we ask for that flow, we ask for that incredible anointing that is there for us to take. It's not like it's special to one or two people. This is what Christ gave us through sacrifice if we would accept him. And honestly, this is where the, the refinement comes and we have to refine ourselves from the burdens, the idols, the, the connections, the wounds, the chains that we put upon ourselves in this material world. And scripture's all there to support that. The scripture of the poor rich man, or the young, the, the young rich man, Christ says, give away all your things and follow me. And ultimately he says he can't. That's a burden. It's It will be easier. And... and Ultimately, the difficulty is somebody of rich going to heaven. I mean, these are all things, right? So for the rich is what I'm getting at because they become attached to things and that the material weight of life becomes so burdensome. Soon we become, so, we become stewards. We tell ourselves, I'm stewards of this, this, this. But when the stewarding of that takes more time than your time in the Lord, when your stewarding of that becomes consumed with, I have to pay this detail, I have to take care of this maintenance, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. Let's just take a breath a minute and realize that truly we are in such a point right now that we have to start changing the way that we see our world and understanding what our role is. We have to start living differently. We have to start coming together and weaving a body of Christ. We have to start living kingdom way, which is to love thy neighbor. We have to start helping each other, lift each other up. That's what we're doing. And we do have an opposing force that's very big, an opposing force that has in its grasp a, quite a sizable force of people that have been separated from God. And they don't see God. They don't see the miracles. But imagine if we can bring the miracles into the living world and what that looks like when the living God brings before them. 
You are a non-believer. Just put yourself in this place for a moment. I'm not saying you are. I shouldn't have started that way. Imagine yourself as a non-believer, okay? Imagine yourself as a non-believer. And let's say, let's take an example of somebody being, you're walking down the street and somebody gets hit by a car. I mean, bad. Like they get knocked over, broken leg, hemorrhaging, bleeding. And you walk up and you hold this person in your hands and you pray to the Lord. Your tears flow. You're there praying. Father God, we need immediate and declare healing upon this person. And as the crowd gathers and as the emergency medical people come, they're looking at a person who looks half dead and you're praying and holding them and you're praying and holding them. And suddenly, boom, this person stands up, shakes it off, says, thank you. And says, I believe. Imagine the impact on a crowd. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what is possible within what we can do. We just have to believe. And we have to pursue that belief with absolute fearless faith. Fearless faith. That means every single thing out here that's telling you that's not possible, that's ridiculous, that's not even within the realms of Scripture, that's what they're telling you. We no longer have the miracles anymore in the Bible. We're past that period. I don't know who invented that lie. Because we see miracles every Sunday. That's what we do. And even greater than that, we aren't even present healing on people. We're healing from a distance and we're lifting people up. I mean, I've done more and more work in this place of walking in what I call second heaven walks. You're walking in the spirit and you're literally able to get to places. And this is something God showed me. It's like, if you want miracle healing, you have to walk in the spirit and see in the spiritual realm what's affecting them. And you have to clear that out to, the, to affect the spiritual healing. And I'm doing it. And I've seen this. I've witnessed it. It's, a, it's profound when we do it. And the only thing it takes is us believing and, and taking it with the authority to say, we want this. We believe in this. Now, we're, all, we're not always going to win the battle. There are sometimes God's going to call people home. There are sometimes that things just happen. So you can't go in this and saying, oh, I lost one. I'm going to give up. You just, you push as hard as you can. That goes back to something somebody said a while ago. And it was a good question. And it's not, a re, not any comment towards it other than it's quite an amazing question. And the question is, is I, I've said, we, I, will take no, I won't take no for an answer. Meaning I'm praying for somebody. I'm praying for them to be healed. I will not take no for an answer. And they said, well, what if God tells you no? Well, then God tells me no. But the authorities that I've been given say that I can heal. And the authorities that have been given to me in the name of Jesus, and if, our, if, if I make my prayers and declare them in the name of Jesus, they will be heard by the Father, and all my prayers that will be heard will be made, will be made true. But we don't always understand a bigger picture of things that sometimes we can't see. So if I'm praying for somebody, if I'm praying to raise the dead and they aren't going to be raised, there may be a reason for that. If I'm praying to have somebody miracle healed, maybe that healing isn't going to be instant. Maybe it's going to be longer because there's a lesson that they have to learn in it. But it doesn't mean your prayers are not answered. And it doesn't mean your prayers aren't heard. The point is that we have to have an aggressive approach towards healing and prayer that we will always be victorious. And even when you think that you haven't seen the prayer answered, you have to believe in your heart that it's heard and it will be answered. It's literally that simple. And that's how we literally become 
more powerful in our prayers and more powerful in our belief because we stop doubting. We stop doubting. If Father has another plan, we're going to learn about it. But since we don't always, since we don't have his playbook, we're praying in from the authorities given to us that we were told we have. And that's where we have to fight. We have to get rid of the doubt. It's one of the most deadly tools we have. It's one of the most deadly tools, the weapon of the weapon of the enemy, that and fear. Doubt and fear are massively destructive. When you're in the state of fear, you're not going to hear Father. When you're in the state of the fear, you're separated. You're in a different world of your own. And the problem with fear is fear manifests its illusions before you. You will begin to see shadows. You'll begin to see the demonic in a different way. You may even manifest demonic that may not even, I mean, images of demonic that may not even be there. Fear is all consuming. I think if you've heard of people that are called targeted individuals, which I've been, I was skeptical of for a long time. They do exist. It, it is real. The technologies are real, what they can do with people. They can target people, put voices in their head. They can cause people to go effectively crazy. But if, having now worked with a few of them in the deliverance side, I've become convinced of something else. That somehow what they do is they stimulate a massive level of fear in the person. And the fear becomes like a psychosis. And it's so powerful within them that the realms around us, which are if we could see them, we would see a lot of demon working around. I think the realms become visible to them. And so they begin to see things that others don't. And it's driven by a foundation of fear. So rather than being able to see across a veil, so to speak, and see into the demonic or see into the second heaven, they see it, but they don't see it with the clarity of a, of a love of Jesus or a heart of Jesus. They see it with a stimulus of fear. So everything around them becomes crazier and crazier. And once you break this, and it's so breakable, once you get into that and you break that, that soul tie, that they have with fear, and they come out of agreement with fear, and it's literally not that any more difficult than that, to have somebody work with them enough to just say, I need you to come out of agreement with fear in the name of Jesus. And the minute they speak those words, you can watch a transformation happen. There's a prep time to get there, but once they're ready and they speak it, that fear control breaks, and their lives start to reset. So targeted individuals don't have to be constantly targeted, in my opinion. All they have to be is stimulated to believe in fear. Now, why I bring all this up is because fear is one of the worst narcotics and it is one of the most destructive agents that the enemy uses against us constantly. And it comes from people that ultimately aren't staying true in the word and staying strong in their faith. We shouldn't have fear. So Gideon is the little boy here. and I love him to death. He's, he's a... He's a prodigy singer at age four, I swear. Ball of energy, constantly, anywhere I go, he's going to be sitting with me and it's going to be, okay, Uncle Scott, are you going to work? I have to do my work too. Uncle Scott, are you going into the kitchen? I'm going to the kitchen to work with you. Uncle Scott, how can I help cook? How can I do dishes? He's this type of kid. He's fantastic. So tonight he was helping me stir the beans. And he and I knew that we have, he's working on the propane propane cooktop, and I knew it was getting a little warm, and I told him to be careful, and so he cooked, and he backed off. He says, I can't do that. I'm afraid, and this is what I told him. Gideon, we're never afraid of anything, 
But what we are is you can tell me that, Uncle Scott, I don't think it's a good idea because I'm not tall enough to do it. Uncle Scott, I think that there's some danger there that wouldn't be good for me. But never use the word fear because we fear nothing. And that's the whole point we have to even start with youth. We have to get rid of this idea that saying I'm afraid is even okay. Fear is the rot of all things. And when we accept fear in, we accept a license for the demonic to have a crazy time. And we have, to, we have to rebuke it and break it. And that's how the enemy works within us. Doubt is another one. The enemy gets to where we have self-doubt. And we all do this. We do this miraculously. We don't take time looking ourselves in the mirror and seeing the glory of the Holy Spirit within us. Instead, we take time looking in the mirror and critiquing ourselves about how we look, how, we, how badly we look. And we become very vain as people. But God didn't create us to be ugly and, and depressed. He created us to be beautiful in the image of him and the many different images he has of him, of what we all represent. Because as a collage, we represent the body of Christ in the image of God. And so if we spend time in the mirror, it's actually a sales technique, which I'm going to, it's really interesting. I don't like it, but I'm just going to say that salesmen will stand in the mirror and they'll look at themselves and say, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. There's a reason I don't like it. I'll get to that in a second. But if we're looking at ourselves and we're trying to see within us the, the glow of the Holy Ghost within us, you can see it. And you have to step back away from what your perception of your physical body is and start to see the light of shining through your heart and through your eyes. And that glow and that glory is what carries into the world. And that's what is truly powerful in transforming others. But it can't be faked. And it only comes from a fact when you're solid in your love in Jesus, when you're solid in your love of, of Holy Spirit. And when you truly are looking at God and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for making me. And you're seeking that greater understanding of who you are and that greater understanding of what your anointings are. Because we all have them. Now, back to the sales technique. The sales technique is about motivational techniques. And you'll hear it if you check around and they'll talk to you. They're like, stand in the mirror each time, each day. Tell yourself 10 days, 10 times each day, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. The problem with these sorts of techniques is they actually don't repair anything. They're trying to rewrite your mental attitude, but they're not repairing your heart. That's the first problem. The second problem is this is a technique used by Satanists for other reasons. They will try to invoke spirits to come in them using that exact same technique of standing in a mirror and speaking into the mirror and bringing spirits into them. So if you're one that likes doing that, I'd say stop. Instead, open the book, read the word, pray, and tell, and ask God to show you in your heart the beauty which you are, and trust in God to do it. Because he doesn't need a mirror. He doesn't need gimmicks. He doesn't need anything. He will flow that into you without any problem. But it's so important right now that we lift ourselves up and realize the power of whom we are. I want to read Jeremiah 6.16. I used to read it every night. It's been a while. It's a really important passage for me, and I think it's an important passage for Bar's Nation. Thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. That's our division and split of where we are in our world right now. But what's amazing about this is a couple of things I've already said. Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths. Ask. Seek Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit. What's the ancient paths? 
where the good way is, and then walk in it as you're shown. And as we walk in it, we're walking into the blessings from kingdom into this world. The ancient paths are not going to be here. They're going to be in kingdom. And as we're shown that and given that lesson, we're a powerful, powerful group to be able to walk in this world, not of this world, but coming in through this world, bringing the power of Holy Spirit with us. And there's no question, not a question in my mind of the, of the magnitude of what this can bring. We can topple whole governments. You're dealing with this corruption and we're looking at this wall of craziness and you're looking at all of these aspects out here, the infiltration of illegal aliens and all these threats that they're clamoring and swords that they're rattling. And we're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can handle this. But we can handle it because we have God. And God is not going to let us down. God's not going to misguide us. God is going to keep us on path. And he wants us to be joyous in this world. And you're joyous in this world when nothing that the enemy can throw at you can stick. And everything that you do is about overcoming. And everything that you do is rooted in him first. And each step you take is guided by him. And each step you take embodies the power of Holy Spirit within you. And everything that we seek is for kingdom. And that's a critical last point. Everything we seek is for kingdom. And when we're doing that and living that place, what a glorious walk we make. The Bible is, in the way I see the Bible, and and what God has led me on the Bible, is the Bible is a field manual of war. And we have a God of war, a God that is at war against evil, and we are his children. And there's no question that there's times that this is extremely taxing, extremely heavy, extremely difficult. But that's why we're here. It's not supposed to be easy. If it was, we wouldn't be here. And what we have is we, if we look at the whole world as this unified body of Christ, because God is the creator of all things, then we start to realize how significant it is for us to reach out and to bring the gospel into people's lives to re-knit them together in the greater body of Christ and to understand what our true mission and goal is. And each person has an anointing to accomplish that. It might be that you're a really good cook. It might be that you're a tremendous mechanic. It might be that you're a great welder. It might be that you, you're a tree cutter. It might be that you're a guy that is, runs a janitorial service. It might be that you run a butchery. I want you to take every task, every aspect of any job you ever come across and ask yourself, how can that be a ministry? And when it be, you can see it. Every position in this world can be driven towards ministry in the many forms that God gives us. And when we start to change a world that way, to where everything we're doing is about ministry. If you're a butcher, it's about ministry. It's about sacrificing the beast and everything is preyed upon. I was watching... Paul Cantrell worked with one of his children the other day in the kitchen, and he was making burgers. And I have it's something, it's funny because I haven't done this, and I was asking myself, now how did I not, why did I not do that, and why haven't I done that? So as he's, he's talking, he says, first we take the meat in a bowl and we make it into a patty, and then we pray over that burger and we place it then on the pan as a blessed piece to eat. You know, I, we pray over our food. I, I literally, I was like, how did I not do that? Why am I not blessing the, the, the meat itself? Or why am I not blessing when I'm, and I do now, 
but I mean more cognizant, like you make bread, we need to begin by praying over the ingredients. We need to begin in the process. We're talking to God and we're creating something that is truly blessed so that everything in our lives is blessed and is an extension of the powerful way in which God wants to speak to us and work with us and that we can bring his joy into this world. If every single piece of bread, every single thing we make, every single thing you consume is blessed and prayed upon, imagine how that might change the entire world. And all of these things we can do. But it takes a significant shift in the way we see our authorities and the, and the importance of our authorities and the way that we see this world, which is not of us in the dirt world first, but working from kingdom in. And that's huge. I read this in the end of the last show and part of my prayer. I want to read it again tonight. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. That was Revelation 3.20. Such a powerful, powerful statement. And the keys here is if anyone hears my voice, meaning that he's at many doors and opens the door, which suggests that there will be very few, I will come in to him, which means he's, he's wanting to come in, but unless we invite him, we can't. He's not going to. And will dine with him and he with me. Our way of walking is going to either open or close those doors to accept Jesus in our life and to accept the greater powers of the Holy Spirit. And all of that's going to depend on how we walk in the yes. And it's yes, God, yes, Father, yes, God, yes, Father, in everything we do. And as we walk in that yes, it's a profound change in our lives to where we don't hesitate when God puts something in our heart. For something that may seem complicated because it's like, I can't hear the Father. Yes, you can if you quiet the mind and sit still and you ask him to speak to you, ask him. Usually when people say they can't hear the father, that's like the first question, have you prayed and asked him to show you, to speak to you? And too often you'll find no, because there's an expectation and everything's going to be one way or another. And then try to understand how he's going to speak to you because God speaks in amazing ways in many different ways, but it's a collage of communication that's pouring into us is lifting us up if we're receptive to it, because God is not depressed and he doesn't deal with depressed culture well. That's just something to keep in mind. So, the time that we are in right now is so important. And it's so important that we get this right. And it's so important that we do in this time that we have to pursue people in the sense of bringing them into the body of Christ. That's part of our job and our role. And it's an important one. And one we have to follow. And we have to keep in mind where ultimately many of these problems stem from. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through the cr its craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. The love of money is at the root of most things, in fact. But then we're reminded in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 1, 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted 
beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out of escape that you may be able to endure it. He doesn't trap us. If you're getting trapped, you're feeling trapped. That's not God, that's Satan. He gives us options and choices to make as we go forward, trying to help elevate us up constantly towards eyes on him and returning ourselves to kingdom. But we have to do the hard work, the legwork. We have to dig dig in deeper than we've ever dug before. And so it is important that we stay in tune with what he's saying and, and the Holy Spirit saying. So important. We have a, in looking at some of the authorities we have, I think it's all equally important to remind ourselves of just what it is that Jesus has given us. And we start with Mark 4.22. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. That's the era we're in, and all these things are coming to light. And then Luke 10.19. Behold, I have given you the authority to walk on snakes and scorpions, Snakes and scorpions were cults. They deal with the outside effects on people and the internal effects on people. Snakes and scorpions. We have the authority over them, which would mean we have authority over doctors. We have authority over criminal elements that try to attack us. We have authority over our own government that's now turned against us. And it continues, and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. All the power of the enemy. So we have the authority over snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Why do we keep coming back to the place of thinking that we have failed? Because we've been given everything. And it's in one passage, Luke 10, 19, and it's red letter language, which means it's of Jesus. And the, the final one for this moment is truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So before we go to the next part of that, because you believe in Jesus, the works that he's done, you will do also. So if we're not getting those realities in our life, if we're not able to make a blind man see, if we aren't able to heal a leper, if we are not able to raise people up, the hard part of self-evaluation is to be able to say, well, perhaps it's me and how I've accepted Jesus, and then find out what those barriers are that allow you to let Jesus in. But at the end of the day, those are the authorities we have. And he it will, and it says, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. It's not conditional, other than to say you have to believe in Jesus. It's not, it just says you'll do it. Oh, we have to believe in him. Now, the second part of that, a greater works than those he will do because I am going to the Father. We will do greater works than that. That is, that's the greater works. And what is that? I have no idea, by the way. I say this a lot. I don't know what those are, but I want it. I want to go after it. I want to seek it. I want to reach it. And the only way I'm going to be ultimately able to do that is for me to purify my heart. And that's literally the burning of the silver and the dross. And it's tough. So I want to close with that tonight because this is part of the big journey that I've been on that has been so challenging. in the past few weeks, and yet so massively freeing. Laying it all down, 
When we take the most sacred things that we value in our life, and we often find that they're not what you think they are. I have discovered in this process in the last two weeks, two months, that one of the things I have been holding on to is the idea of, of, even though I'm 58, a wife and children. And it becomes a form of an idolatry because we cling on to it. And instead of turning to Father and trusting him, we waste our time into these images of what could be. And it corrupts our relationships with people and it corrupts our walk in the flesh. So the only way to separate ourselves from all of this and to walk truly in him is to take these things like that and bring it to the throne, pray for it, and lay it down before Father and say, it's yours, not mine. And if you're really doing that with things that are super dear and near to you, you're going to find it to be very painful and you're going to find tears flowing because what you're experiencing is the refinement. He needs you to let go of those things to bring him closer in. So the only way we get to him is to let go of these idols, let go of these things that we're not letting Father work for us. We're trying to dictate terms on. And when we finally let it go, we step into the clean, the cleaning, that refining fire, which is going to truly burn all that out. And we're going to left with absolute obedience in him. And here's the great gift is you begin to live increasingly in the moment, not in the future and not in the past. You're freed from your past and you're not burdened by the future of worries that have yet to come. And when you're walking in that space of the here and the now, not only is it massively intense and amazing because you start to experience the world around you with a gift like a child to take it all in. Isn't that interesting? Because Jesus has said, only with the heart of a child can you enter the kingdom. And so with that moment, when we're truly living in the moment, we're living like a child. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I want your attention now. I want God's attention on me now and in the now. Tomorrow is not my concern. And each day we take a step at a time and we begin to see the miracle God work around us because he knows we're in tune with him. He's going to hear our hearts. He's going to flow into us and overflow our hearts with joy. And there is the power of the living God. And when we take and we go vulnerable in in a true sense, we truly expose ourselves. And just so I say it, as much as I love you all, there are a lot of these personal stories I've told that in a normal world that I came from, I would never have considered sharing with you. But that's what God's called me to do. And it's really, in my opinion, what we all have to do. Because in order to be freed, to take the power away from the enemy, in order and for us to really walk in that refining fire, we have to take these vulnerable stories and lay them out into the world for the world to hear. Because where a group is gathered to hear the testimony, and I don't have the exact passage, but it's effectively it, where people come together to hear the true testimonies that we present, it's there where true healing begins. And that's as we heal We are sharing the testimony to unburden that, and then we are receiving in return the healing of the the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And as that comes through us and we're lifted up, not only are we healing ourselves, it's healing into the body of Christ. And so we raise it up, and we become greater in him and greater in he. But it's not just me. it's, It's my neighbor that I'm now trying to pray for. It's a friend, it's, an, it's, a, it's somebody, it's constantly in that place where we are being raised up and less and less of this world is stuck on us and more and more of this world is cast away. 
and we cease to be obsessed with the imagery and what we own and what we don't own and where we live and what car we drive. It's not that God wants us to be paupers and fools. We are princes and priests in this world. He wants us to be what we are. But at the same time, when we really dig in hard to us, deep in us, and we start to ask that question, like, why haven't I been praying for God provide me with the tools and the weapons of war to fight this war? You're probably going to find a crossover as to your, your obsession with the material world, your worries of the material world, your need for the material world, rather than your trust in heaven to provide what we need to successfully move forward and win this fight. So my sense of all of this is as we work, first of all, make sure and listen if you haven't heard it, and it will be up here in just about an hour. Apostle Greg Davis, listen to him. Because he's coming powerfully from kingdom and he's speaking into these things. And you've heard me long enough saying the same thing, same types of things. Because we have to wage war from victory. We bring victory into this world. And so much of that contingent part of that is for us to clear our hearts, unburden our hearts, and walk into a greater anointing that God wants to give. And he wants to give it. We have to be ready to receive. That's the refining fires of purifying the heart. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we just come to you tonight humbled and blessed, and we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the amazing interview earlier with Pastor Devonese and Pastor or Apostle Greg Davis. And we just lift them up in prayer and thank you for them and thank you for all that they bring into Bars Nation to flood us and fill our hearts to overflowing with the joy of the power of kingdom. So, Father, a big struggle that we continually have in our world is the idea that somehow we are fighting back from a loss, that we are somehow not fighting on, on strong ground, but we're fighting against an enemy that has the high ground. This is a distortion of Satan himself. And so, Father, I just cast that out and rebuke that and, and cast and bind it and place it at the feet of Jesus, for that is a lie that we must get the spell of, for we always work from high ground, for we are the children of the Most High. And our Father is a Father of love, a Father of mercy, a Father of grace. He's equally a God of wrath and war. And he's put us here with the authorities to be able to walk in this earth, to declare freedom, declare healing, to heal the sick and the broken, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to spread the gospel of Jesus, and to do greater works than he. And so as we raise this up, Father, in our hearts, and we pray into this in the glory of kingdom, we pray today that all of those listening today, all of those that are touched by this podcast, will be touched with the Holy Spirit in their heart to give them that pure sense of purpose of why we are here, to literally seek your face and be rewarded for it with the joy, the love, and the overwhelming understanding of who we are. For we are the priests and princes of this world. We are the children of the Most High. Let us stand proudly with that tattooed on our heart to understand truly who we are in relation to God and this world. And let us cast aside fear, any fear that lurks, cast it aside, rebuke it, cast it out, and send it to the lake of fire. And doubt, crush doubt, because doubt is only that gap in space between our loving God and the whispering of the demon that comes in between. And so we cast that out as well. We break those chains and bonds and we step into a mighty moment here where we truly speak into God's heart and we say, God, here I am. Let me be with you. Let me walk with you. Guide me in my ways. 
And let that blessing fall, Father, upon each and every heart that speaks those words to lift them up in a mighty way and to now push them into this world as soldiers under the banner of Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, patriots. Good day. Many more days like this to come. It's holiday season. I hope you're having time with family and getting ready for some good events as they turn into next week. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my